Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. What's up, everyone? Um, it is not your usual recap show. It is our Cheesehead TV live show a day later than normal, which means Maggie and I have had a full 24 hours more to decide what we were going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> um, still Packers by week. I feel like I'm, you know, like the Rams game was really the last game that we watched. Um, but yeah, we've got kind of an NFC North and NFC playoff picture to talk about. It's starting to take shape. As we saw today, there's a way that the Packers could clinch both the division and um, a playoff spot this weekend, which I don't know how this weekend, this season, I mean, went by so fast. Um, and Bears game. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of kind of strange that the, the Packers literally wrap up with three division opponents and then two AFC teams. Like it's yeah, kind it's of weird. a weird, like, you know, the Rams were probably their, their most, I was going to say playoff implicating game, but I don't really think that's, you know, phrased correctly, but that probably had the biggest implications outside of the winning the division itself. Now that they've gotten the Cardinals out of the way and the Rams. So yeah, just kind of a good, good wind down uh, to the regular season, get them, get them amped up and ready to go for the playoffs. I know. So how are you feeling? How are you feeling now? We, we're at the bye week. We've, we've had some time. How do you feel about this team? I feel good. And I think I feel good because, you know, we're going to talk about kind of the the rest of the NFC and the way that the playoff picture is shaping up. But there's a lot of these teams that have to beat up on each other. And the Packers yeah. kind of did their beating up already. And now they just get to kind of see what shapes up across the rest of the NFC. And even, you know, some really good AFC, NFC um, interconference kind of games going on. So I don't know. I think if you would have asked me how I feel about this team four weeks into the season, I would have addressed a lot more concerns than I than I have in, in week going into week 14 um, with the Bears on deck for Sunday Night Football, knowing that the Packers can clinch the division as early as week 14. Yeah, um, I feel similarly. I feel like the Packers came out of some of the major matchups with wins. And so now we're looking ahead to the final five weeks and I'm like, they could go five and oh, like I just wouldn't be really all that surprised. They kind of dropped their one like division loss already to the Vikings. Don't foresee that happening at home again. Not to mention, I mean, the Vikings just lost to the lions. So (laughs) there's that. Um, And yeah, I mean, look, if whatever happens with the Ravens or the Browns, it's not going to the, the win loss column might affect playoff seating, but it's not going to be as big of a deal as like the Rams or the Cardinals games were. So yeah, they put themselves in a really nice position. Um, yeah. Shout out to Matt Ramage for hanging out in the chat, Matt. It's good to see you. Um, some, of our, some of our regular friends are in the chat as well. We've got big B and Robin and Brandy. We wait, did you say we have friends? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Speaking for you, Perry, but I do have a few friends. <laughs> I would like to think that I do. <laughs> uh, okay, so you want to start with playoff picture or do you want to start with Bears? Let's talk with playoff picture because there's some really, really good games this week. And okay. I, mean, I guess the rest of the season, honestly. Go for it. All right. So I think the game, well, I'm going to give you, there's four games that I'm going to be watching the most closely that aren't the Packers or the Vikings. 
and you have Bills at Buccaneers. Yes. It's a big one. Uh, Rams at Cardinals is a huge one. That's what I mean when I said NFC teams are going to beat up on each other. Uh, Cowboys at Washington is significant now that Washington is literally, you know, kind of in the playoff conversation as a wild card. And then 49ers at Bengals to me is really interesting because the AFC North is such a cluster right now. Um, and the 49ers are again, one of those wildcard teams that needs to kind of stay in it, even if their division isn't probably attainable for them at this point. So some really, really good football coming down the stretch. There is the Ravens and Browns play each other again before, um, both get to play the Packers. Um, yeah, I was thinking about Cowboys Washington today because I don't think I've been impressed with the Cowboys since. Probably been before a month. Thanksgiving. Before Since, Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's been a month. Um, I think the whatever game they played prior to being like absolutely beaten down by the Broncos, I don't think I've been impressed with them since that Broncos game. And Washington's like, um, they're sneaking in there. So I agree. Um, Bills, Bucks, obviously, I think has huge implications for both sides. And I think the Bills like sorely need a win. Yeah. Um, but then again, you think about going into Tampa Bay and it's like, can anybody really beat Tom Brady at home anymore? I well, and who knows that. the Bills better than Tom Brady? You know, like, <laughs> it's just true. And yeah, I mean, Rams Cardinals, I think, has like everybody circled because um, who do who do the Packers root for in that scenario? The Rams? Pro- yeah, because they are, I mean... If the Cardinals drop one more and the Packers can win out, then they have the tiebreaker. So, so then we're rooting for yeah. Cardinals need one loss in this. I feel like they must be sitting at home on their couches, like, <clears throat> uh huh, yeah, okay, you do that. <laughs> um, I did see today as well that the Packers Bears game has the largest uh, points spread of the entire weekend at thirteen. <laughs> So Vegas loves the Packers as well as they should, right? The Bears cannot put together an offense to save their lives. Um, but I did find that very interesting um, just because I feel like, I don't know, a lot of Packers games like are always looked at as closer than they necessarily like should be lines-wise. So take the Packers, I guess, to cover. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you like to gamble. To big win. Um, yeah, Maggie, there's some comments in here that you look very festive. Thanks. I was telling everybody pre-show that I put these lights up for Packs What She Said Live. So, you know, maybe I'll keep them for like the playoff run. We'll see. But, I love it. I you know, love then it. if something bad happens, I'm going to rip them down in like a really dramatic fashion. <laughs> Just like Nagler shaving his mustache. Big mad. Yep. Um, <laughs> the big mad ants head. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So those games, I agree. Um, someone has a comment in here that says we need to go one and zero. like coach says, I also <laughs> agree. I think that's a good mentality is never thinking too far ahead, but it's hard at the end of the season to not be looking at some of these games thinking about, okay, that one loss could mean a one seed or a two seed or a two seed or a three seed. So it's a big, it's a big deal. Now every game has a lot more meaning. Yeah. And I mean, even like looking long-term, you know, the Packers, obviously have to play their three division opponents. They've got, like we said, the Browns and the Ravens. Um, but there's a lot of NFC head-to-heads, primarily like interdivisional games, kind of the rest of the way. You've got Seahawks and Rams in Week 15. I know the Seahawks have not really been the cream of the crop this season. Washington at the Eagles, Saints at Buccaneers. Um, 
One I'm looking forward to in week 16 is the Colts at the Cardinals. I think that's going to be a really fun game. Um, I like the Colts. But yeah, I just, I mean, there's a lot. Week 17, the Cardinals at the Cowboys. So there's just a lot of like NFC top tier teams that have to face off against each other for no. some of these, yeah. these seedings, which, you know, again, is nice that the Packers got some of those out of the way early and that they got wins when they did. Yep. Yeah. I think when you looked at this going into the season, you thought, wow, really late by that's going to be really tough. But I think the way that they've battled through basically a full college football schedule to get to this by has put them in a much better position than most other teams. Like you said, a lot of teams still have to go head to head. I don't know if they're tired or beat up. I think every team has lost, you know, a key player at this point in the season and the Packers are sitting pretty um, and just have their division left, which is like a, a joke. I, I not, you know, every, every game's a, a, a game, but it, it's not like they're looking at, you know, facing the entirety of like the NFC West, right. For the, for the remainder of the season, it's, it's not as difficult. I think I was listening somewhere where it's the Cardinals and the Packers who have the two easiest schedules over the remainder of the season, which I find interesting because the Cardinals still have to play the Rams, but it is like noted that the Packers do have one of the easiest schedules for the Buccaneers have to be up there too, because they play the jets and then they have the Panthers twice in their final uh, five weeks. So they're going to keep, I mean, that's, I think that's what makes all this so interesting is like, you know, we've talked about whether or not trap games are a thing, but you know, like that there's added motivation going into these final few weeks because they know that if the Packers do drop one, there's teams on their heels, just like, you know, the Cardinals at this point have to have to feel the same way about dropping a game against some really good teams. So yeah, I'm, I don't know. I feel like, you know, we say this every year, but it just feels like this is a really fun potential for the playoffs. There's a lot of new AFC teams in the mix. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I like when there's new teams, like, you know, who would have thought that the Bengals would be in there and the chargers have, you know, with Justin Herbert is a lot of fun. I Titan. love the chargers. I know you do. I love the chargers. I think they're so fun. Um, that offense is going to be, I think they need like another year or two with Brandon Staley, but wow. Wow. It's going to be fun. And they have some players on defense, like players. So I think they're just not quite there yet. Ho, 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 ladies. The holidays came early, not only for you, but also for your man here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products that your man will actually use, including their all new ultra premium body wash and a two in one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give the man in your life, the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this season. Go to manscaped.com and use code PWSS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Hairy jingle balls are a thing of the past with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. Candy cane balls are no more. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It's like a gift to yourself with less mess. Their hygiene bundle also comes with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers that'll keep his junk feeling fresh all day. The perfect package for his perfect package. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products. So get you, uh, your man, your dad, your brother, and all your friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSS20 at manscaped.com. Every guy has Manscaped on their wish list, so get him the products he'll actually use this holiday season. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PWSS20. Get your man a gift you'll both enjoy, the gift of Manscaped. I have a question for you. Okay. If you, if there is one team that would make you the most nervous about the Packers facing in the playoffs right now in the NFC, who is it? It's the Buccaneers. Yeah. I and I'd, I'm sure recency bias is part of it, but, and their defense is getting pretty beat up, but their offense is really explosive. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And, you know, I was actually telling Mark a couple days ago that if for whatever reason the Bucks have a higher seed, I'm going to ask my mother-in-law because her daughter lives in Tampa to fly me down for, <laughs> for the Packers Buccaneers game. But I also don't know if I'd want to be there because that might break my heart a little bit. So I think like Jen, I don't think it's recency bias. I think like we've watched the Packers beat both the Cardinals and the Rams. We've watched the Packers beat the Cardinals without, the, without Devonta Adams. So that there's that. Um, the Cowboys are too up and down right now. I think the Packers, we've seen the Packers beat the Washington football team. The only team we haven't seen the Packers beat yet this season, because this season's different than last season is the Buccaneers, which is also why I think that they, um, would be the biggest challenge for me just because there there's no, there's nothing else to go off of. Um, and they look really good despite of course, losing like some major players on defense who I think they're actually like in a similar position to the Packers where they're poised to get some of those guys back at the end of this season. Um, so both the Packers and the, the Bucks could be going into the playoffs with like some new juice, new juice. And I think it's tough too. like uh, Matt LaFleur talked about this earlier in the week where he just said, like, anytime you play a team twice, there's added stakes, right? Because, you know, and this is what they're encountering with the Bears on Sunday where you're thinking about not only what worked really well, but what didn't work. And it's like a chess game where the teams are trying to out game plan each other based on what they saw the first time around. So, you know, there's there could be a lot of double ups and overlap in the playoffs if, you know, the Packers do see the Cardinals or if they see the Rams or Washington or the 49ers or the Vikings. There's a lot of teams in contention for the NFC playoffs that the Packers would be facing a second time. And if it, of course, was a team like the Vikings a third time, which statistically is tough to do. But they already dropped one. That's true. So they can win the next two. And I don't think that the Vikings are making the playoffs. Um, I have to say, though, like I I just think even if they do face – um, some of the teams that they've already beaten, I just, I like their chances still against mm-hmm. them. I like the way this defense is playing. And I think the offense is just getting better every single week. Um, and you're watching Matt, like get into his bag with some of these play <laughs> calls. It's fun. So I think that, well, yes, um, obviously there would need to be adjustments the last time. Um, that's what good teams do, but you have to expect that Matt and the whole coaching staff would do the same on the Packers side. Yeah. And I mean, I think just, you know, the wrapping up like the the next five games, wrapping up the regular season, you know, we've talked every week about what we want to see improve. And so far, the team really has done that, right? The defense is playing at an all pro level. And you're talking about getting your all pros back in Zedarius Smith and Jair Alexander yeah. at some point. Um, the offense is starting to find rhythm, putting up 30 plus points in the last couple of games. We've talked ad nauseum about MVS and what he means to the offense, taking some of the pressure off Devontae Adams. Special teams, you know, looked better. Um, I guess three out of four. Progress, better than missing three or four in a row. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're on a, a very nice trajectory <laughs> as far as uh, the team as a whole. And, um, you know, they always say, like, you want to operate efficiently in all three phases. And I think they're as close to doing that as they maybe have been all season. 
Yes. You said it. All right. Let's look at this weekend because we actually have a Packers game to look at after the bye week. Um, It was weird not being stressed out on a Sunday um, for about three and a half hours. And I think that the Packers are going to beat the Bears to a pulp. I agree. Okay. Um, I just look like it's time for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace to go. It's been time for a couple of years now as someone who just like enjoys the game. I actually like fear for Justin Fields growth opportunities in that franchise if they stay, because he obviously has tons of talent, but like what they're not going to be able to develop him and he's struggling and he's gotten hurt this season because he's been struggling behind an abysmal offensive line Um, And that offense has barely been able to score like any points. So I don't know. I just don't see anything that the bears do better than the Packers. Well, and I mean, it's tough because, you know, we've, you know, Mina Kimes made fun of me for this when I said that, you know, you want, and you want your division to be competitive because you want your team to go up against some good talent. But I would like it if Justin Fields was a good quarterback, you know, you and I have talked about the potential of having like, Jordan Love and Justin Fields and like, I don't know, whoever the hell the Lions and the Vikings draft in the next couple of years, like young quarterbacks in a division make things fun. You look at Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes is a good example of that. Tua and Josh Allen could be another example of that. Joey Burrow and Lamar Jackson. I was going to put Baker in there, but I don't don't know if that (laughs) really qualifies. Um, But, you know, it's good for the game and it's good for your division to, to have those kinds of rivalries and, you know, friend of the show, Jacob Westendorf always says it can't be a rivalry if one team always wins. So I think that's kind of, and not to like, you look at bears fans on Twitter and they're already saying it. They're like, Oh, enjoy your blowout. Somebody asked me to come on a podcast this weekend. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't. And they were like, well, I hope you have fun watching your team demolish my team this week. (laughs) Like, I'm so sorry. Like that's not fun. They also have a really like hefty, I mean, everyone does at this point. Right. But they have like a pretty hefty, um, injury report right like Akeem Hicks was out last game um I'm pretty sure Allen Robinson was out last game obviously we talked about Justin Field didn't play you saw Andy Dalton like they are also missing like some of their best players and of course like a full week of practice this week could change all of that but if you're walking into this game without your best wide receiver your best defensive lineman and your QB1 technically like your chances are not that great um so I guess in light of that, of this very bad, non-competitive <laughs> opponent. You're trying um, to be so polite. What do we need to see? Like, instead I'm thinking, okay, like, what do I want to see from the Packers out of this game? I think something that I've thought about with this Packers team in general is just like, you know, not taking your foot off the gas and not getting away from what works. And this is a, a Bears offense that is 30th in the NFL in points for like they just are not putting up points and again a lot of that is because a lot of the things that you listed already Justin Fields hasn't been out there some of their key weapons on offense haven't been out there they lost David Montgomery for a significant amount of time but to me like everything kind of ties into the red zone Packers defense and Packers offense they need to get better on both sides of the ball in the red zone and I think those are the kinds of things that you want to kind of work towards before you get into the playoffs and you're going up against some really damn good offenses like Kyler Murray or even Lamar Jackson coming in a couple of weeks. Some of these comments are so funny. Okay, <laughs> if coach sticks to the run game, I actually agree. I know Nagler back behind the scenes agrees with that as well. Um, Rogers seven TDs. I mean, I'd take that. That'd be 
fun. Um, yeah, I I would like to see like cleanup, I guess, from Packers. Yeah. Like the, there's not much else. Obviously, like if the defense allows the Bears to put up 30 points, like that's concerning. I don't anticipate that happening, but just like stay shut down. Um, right. Maybe start working on the hands, right? Like you don't need the picks against the Bears. I think you can beat the Bears without a turnover, but like through this playoff run and I'm thinking, I don't know if it was you and me who were talking about this or if I was talking about this with somebody else, but I was thinking about like, there's been so many comparisons between the 2010 team and this team. And I think some of them are fair and some of them are not. Um, But I was thinking about like what made that 2010 team so special. And it was like, they just got turnovers at the right moments in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. right? Like Tremont Williams lights on Sam Shields, lights on and like we've seen the secondary like get really close to being like that level of ball hockey but it just hasn't gotten there yet and it may never right I think interceptions can be fickle um but I would love to see that start to form more like PBUs are great I'll take a PBU any day right I'm not gonna complain about that but some of the like really obvious drops they can be game changers Right, and you know, like, they're really close. Darnell Savage, obviously, against the Vikings that would have kind of turned the tides in that game. Eric Stokes could have had a pick six against Matt Stafford. That would have been so much fun, especially after the Rasul Douglas pick six. Like, there are drops that have just hit these guys in the hands. And you know what happens, especially when you're, like, awkwardly kind of putting yourself in a position to make a play on the ball. But, yeah, I I think a lot of that stuff is coming, too. Especially, you know, I love watching Lamar Jackson play football, but when he threw four interceptions against the Browns and still won a couple weeks ago on Sunday night football, it was like, okay, like a lot of teams are starting to look more human as they get towards the the end of the season. And I think that's kind of what makes this Packers team so interesting is because they're having really good performances against really good football teams and they're getting their best players back, you know, like they're starting to become more superhuman in in a way while some of these other teams are starting to look more normal. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. But I also, now that you say anything like the Packers are, also look human, right? Like I can pick out plenty of places where they need to get better. They just win. They just continue to win and just like put up more dominant performances than their opponents, which I don't know. I I, I don't know. Like last year they felt so perfect. It was almost like too perfect. Whereas like this season, it's not like they haven't faced any adversity and they're still finding ways to win. I think it's like a better formula almost. Oh, yeah. I mean, last, yeah, because last season it was like, okay, well, our offense can put up 40 points in any given moment, and the defense is going to bend, don't break you all the way to the end zone, <laughs> and then, like, in, in opportune moments, give up the big play or the big, you know, number of points, whereas this season, it's like you said, they've, they've won different ways. They've pitched a shutout and only put up 17 points on offense against Seattle, or they've had to go into games that were shootouts, and they've come out on top of those. Um, I think the only way we haven't seen them win, we, I, you know, maybe not. Maybe the Bengals. I was going to say I haven't pulled out a W on special teams yet, but they did technically uh, um, I guess, in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> a little help from the wind and uh, McPherson from the Bengals. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do agree with you, though, that they're, you know, some games they really run heavy with A.J. Dillon. Some games, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers just look superhuman together. Um but is is there a team, I guess, you know, here's a question for you in the NFC that you think is more complete at this point, this point specifically in the season than the Packers? More complete? Yeah, like if we're going to talk about superhuman teams, who would be the team in the NFC? I think the Cardinals are the... You do. Just as good as the Packers. You think maybe they're yeah. dot, dot, dot? 
Like, I think, I think like playing the Cardinals when both teams are at full strength is a coin flip. Um, and I don't, yeah, no, I stand by that statement. Like the Cardinals are a very good team with a very good defense. And I think when all is said and done, I don't know. I would like to see, it would be interesting to see the Packers come play the Cardinals team, like Wednesday, Ja, and um, everybody back from injury. I actually think maybe the Packers could be a better team, but also it depends on how they, I don't know. Now I'm getting into it. To answer your <laughs> question, I think it's the Cardinals. Um, the Buccaneers are almost there, but they've just got so many injuries on defense right now. Yeah. I'm going to let, I'm going to let you take the super chat. Okay. Super chat. Lou Mal Nati. Oh, that's funny. Haha. <laughs> um, is there any off season or mid season signing that compares with, even one of Box Z or Jair coming off IR. You like my nails? Thank you. Um, you mean a signing that the Packers have already made or one they could make? That's a good question. Let's do both. Okay. I think Devondre Campbell. <laughs> or we're still Douglas. Unbelievably. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd still rather have Jair out there. Like, not that Rasul hasn't been incredible, but... Um, I think Devondre Campbell has been, there is no comparison for what he's brought the question. to that, um, to, to the middle of the defense. Um, if okay. there's one that they could have made that would make, mm, I don't, oh, oh, you mean from another, oh, another team's made in the NFL. Oh, interesting like another free agent signing elsewhere that would have been better than getting boxy or jair back no i mean those are those are three like all pro level players i don't know i mean von miller maybe would have been my comparison but at the same time he doesn't look like the von miller he used to be well i was gonna say is it recency bias to say i'd rather have zadarius smith back with joe barry in this defense than have von miller you know come in and z not back the rest of the season like I don't know. I feel like I'd rather keep Z and Preston and Rashawn together, uh, given what we've seen from them already the last couple seasons. Yeah. Free agent signing. I mean, I'm still sad about Stefan Gilmore, but ignore me. <laughs> but Perry, we wouldn't have Rasul if we had Stephon I mean, Gilmore. yeah. I mean, Rasul's playing great, and now it just doesn't matter. Um, and Stefan Gilmore just got hurt again. That's true. Um, That's a bummer. Another super chat. Thank you, Jason. Jason asks, when we win the Super Bowl this year, love your attitude, we need to bring back the tradition of raising the coach on the player's shoulders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think if if this happens this season, like, LaFleur deserves that and more. Uh, I think he already deserves coach of the year. Um, yes. He's just blatantly the best coach in the league. Bill, I can understand a, an argument for Bill Belichick. Um, I think actually he's, that's more of executive of the year, but yeah, to, to answer your question. Yes. Let's raise, raise the coach on the shoulders. Yeah. David Bakhtiari is going to hoist him up like the Jerry Kramer, Vince Lombardi picture. Um, and I also picture, like, I, I imagine Elton Jenkins and Robert Tunyon would be there with their little boots on or whatever, you know, their, their knee braces also hoisting him. Um, he's going to have a street named after him. I'm sure before this is all said and done. I also picture this, and I think I've thought about this, I think since the Chiefs won the Super Bowl two seasons ago, all I can think about is how much I want David Bakhtiari to chug a beer off the Lombardi Trophy. 
I would like to do that that, And like, that's all I want. I think I'm almost positive of a bookmark of him (laughs) quote tweeting that video saying, I want to do this. Like I'm almost positive. I bookmarked that. I want to watch him do that. And I also want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So we've got some time. Um, I know we were going to talk about the bears. We did. There's nothing to talk about. They're bad. Is that too, I don't know. Is that unfair? Like, should we talk about the Bears' defense? Because the the offense is bad. Like, there's nothing to say about the offense. Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, bad. I mean, Justin Fields gets pressured on, like, 40% of his dropbacks, and I think this pass rush is going to eat him alive if he plays. If he doesn't play and it's Andy Dalton, like, he's not great. Um, (laughs) Like, not a good quarterback. So, it's really the defense, I guess. It is, but they're still, you know, bottom half of the league in points against. Their Roquan Smith is hurt, Cleo Mack is hurt, Akeem Hicks is hurt. You know, it just feels like the I mean, I think those could be their three best players on defense, unless you maybe want to include Eddie Jackson in that. But, you know, all of their key pieces are injured and it's just yeah. hard to see them coming into Lambeau on Sunday night football. Um in the capacity that they are against a Packers team that could clinch the division if the Vikings lose. You know, the Pack, I mean, if the Vikings lose, the Packers know that they could get t shirts and hats on, on Sunday Night Football. You know, remember when Z, his first year with the, the Packers, he said, All I want for Christmas is a hat and a t shirt? Like yeah. that kind of energy to me. Just like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, this is also like love a good Adrian Amos revenge game. Yes. Um, okay, so then let's talk. Let's let's get fun then. Um, I feel like let's we, get fun. We are let's fun. get fun. Um, you don't we always, think we're fun, and you don't think we have friends. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I've learned. Let's get more fun. Okay, thank you. Um, I was gonna ask you about like position groups. I don't know how to phrase this question. This is why we're live because I get to talk out loud. Um, I was gonna ask like strongest position groups that you think the Packers have through this season? Um, like where their strengths are, I guess. Like you mean position groups, like which player is a strength or just like where the strengths of the team are in general? I guess strengths of the team, like position groups as a whole, not like one player carries a position group. Like I still think like, yeah, Devondre Campbell is wonderful. Chris Barnes has up and down moments. I wouldn't say the strength of this Packers defense is their in- inside linebacker grouping. But, like, to me, I think a strength of this defense is their safeties, right? See, so that's really interesting to me because I I agree that the safeties, like, if you're talking about top two, like Savage and Amos, but – and I was – I loved Henry Black to start the season. I thought he was always in the right place at the right time. But towards – you know, as the season has kind of progressed, I'm maybe more so concerned about that third safety spot than I had been. You'd want to say corner is a strength given the way that Eric Stokes and Russell Douglas have been playing as of late, but I don't know if you can call it a strength long-term. Uh, to me, I guess when you initially kind of posed the question, is that rush? It's Preston Smith is having, I know he had like eight or nine sacks in his first season with the Packers, but the way that he's disrupting the game, even if it's not kind of adding up on the stat sheet as far as sacks, the pressure he's getting opposite Rashawn Gary makes me think that, you know, when they get Zedarius Smith back, that edge unit is going to be just insane. Especially when you think about, and I know, you know, thankfully it wasn't one of the premier guys, Rashawn technically with his elbow brace, but, you know, they don't have much con- much contribution from their like third or fourth edge rushers right now. 
Jonathan Garvin was on the COVID list. Tipa has kind of filled in and it's just. Yeah. I think where they're getting their contributions is from Kenny and Dean. Okay. So you think it's the D line? Well, I think, mm, I don't know. I guess I think of them as a one grouping, which I shouldn't. As I mean, this is we're making our own rules here. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean the D line, like I think you're absolutely correct that like Rashawn and Preston together can just like wreck games, just the two of them. But I think it's, it cannot be like overstated enough, like how much Kenny and Dean this season have impacted like their ability to get one-on-ones or get mismatches or get back, you know, and disrupt the pocket and get to the quarterback. I think it it all goes together. Well, I think what's so like, kind of crazy about the defensive line specifically is like going into the season. Yes, they drafted TJ Slayton, but he was a late round pick. We weren't sure kind of what Kingsley Kiki would look like. And he unfortunately had another concussion, which is concerning given he had one last season and Tyler Lancaster. You're like, okay, the the D line is just not a position of strength for this team. It could be one of the glaring weaknesses, especially because we have, you know, Raheem Mostert in our brains still from 2019 and the way that teams used to be able to run on this defense. And, Still, you know, going into week 14 now, the Packers defense hasn't allowed a 100-yard rusher. So I think, you know, you talk about a a quick turnaround for a team and whether that's Joe Barry or – yeah, okay, speak on it, Perry. Speak on Joe Barry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think, like, it the the way the defense, like, is playing speaks for itself. Um, Like, we've talked about this, like, ad nauseum, so this is probably, like, a repeat of what others have heard me say already, but – you know, you, you bring in a new coach who has like all the exact same pieces as he did as the previous coach. Um, and the question was, can he do something different with this unit? And like, the answer is yes, right? Simply yes. Joe Barry has made this unit a much better defense than it has been in a long time, like in a long time. And sure, like you can point to a couple of new additions that Goot has found off the street and the practice squad. But I think at the end of the day, um, the credit goes to Joe Barry for doing what he's done with the the players that he has. Well, I think, you know, I, I think about this a lot, actually, like would uh, Mike Patton have found success in the middle of the defense if he had Devondre Campbell last season. But then you're talking about Joe Barry playing most of the season or coaching most of the season without Jair Alexander and Zedarius Smith, right? Like for as much as we could say like, well, he's gotten a couple pieces that Mike Patton didn't have. He lost his two all pros. Yeah, he's okay. still yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, okay. So I went first for defense. What do you got on offense? Your position of strength. Running back. Same. Okay. Like, We're in agreement. That's just, I mean, I know that like running back and the run game can be like a very boring topic for a lot of people. Like everyone wants high flying, you know, Jamar Chase, 75 yard touchdowns. But like when Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are on the field together, like there's actually nothing that makes me happier because that is two dynamic playmakers on the field at the same time who cannot just run the ball well in the position that they were drafted to, but catch passes out wide out of the backfield and around like they can literally do everything and we've seen it for a couple of times with Aaron Jones previously where you like get Aaron Jones on linebacker and that's a win but like then you add in another running back who can do the same thing and like truck through you and fall forward and have eight yards um yeah just really tough to beat them 
Yeah, I'm with you. Sorry, I'm trying to get Bojack to come on screen. He doesn't want to, but he just wants to run up and down the stairs while we're recording. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> whatever you got to do, man, it's five degrees outside in Wisconsin. We get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, and, you know, the way that the running backs have been performing with a beat up offensive line, too. Like, we're, we're thinking, of course, David Bakhtiari comes back. That's going to make a difference. Um, hopefully Josh Myers comes back. He seems kind of yeah. like the one, the one piece that we haven't heard much from yet. You know, we're hearing about Jair and Z and David Bakhtiari. Hopefully Josh Myers is able to return at some point. Um, and I'm, I'm curious too to hear about Randall Cobb tomorrow. You know, we're hoping to hear some injury oh, yeah. reports, but sometimes I feel like I forgot that he uh, missed yeah. half the game against the Rams because he had such a good first half. I know he really did. He was on fire. True. Number two slot receiver that this offense has been missing. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you can add quarterback in there, right? Like <laughs> Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked the same as his MVP season, but he's still like the, I, I trust him trotting out there more than like 30 other quarterbacks <laughs> in the league. <laughs> and I mean, he's still what, like plus 600 to win MVP. So if yeah, you look at, that blows my mind a little bit. It's a it's kind of a weird year for quarterbacks. Like, you know, there were some that looked unstoppable to start the season. Patrick Mahomes is looking more like Patrick Mahomes. Thought Josh Allen had an early shot and he hasn't looked that great. You know, it's potential it's maybe it's Tom Brady, which is just ugh, enough of Tom Brady, but Thanks Larry for the super chat. <laughs> yeah, thanks Larry. Um does anybody have questions in the chat? Um, I did see Big B ask if I have my Zedaria Smith candle. And you actually, if you look really closely, can see it right above my finger. It's just not mm-hmm. up close to the camera, but he is still there. Oh, Joey asked a very good question also that I want to go back to. Okay. He said, a player that we think could step up down the stretch, i.e., oh, we're going with 2010 uh, um, comparisons tonight, um, i.e., James Starks. James Starks is one of my dad's all-time favorite players, so I love getting to talk about James Starks. But uh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, Josiah Deguara, I think, is going to be mine. Okay, I like this. Expand. Because, you know, we thought Robert Tunyon was going to have a huge role, and he, I think, had was asked to do a lot of things that we didn't see him doing in 2020. There was a lot of chip blocking. He had to kind of help his six, the sixth offensive lineman at times, and it just... Obviously, when you put up 11 touchdowns in a season, the expectation is that you're going to go have that same kind of contribution the next season. So he gets hurt. Big dog, as much as I love him and his contributions to the offense, is not going to be that field-stretching weapon that maybe he was um, earlier in his career. So to me, I think Josiah DeGuar is like one of those fun wrinkles that we're starting to see. He had, you know, his first career touchdown. He had a nice, um, I think it was a fourth down conversion or third down conversion against the Rams in the middle of the field. Um, so I think he's starting to earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, God, Matt LaFleur, I think, gushed over him more than most players that the Packers have drafted. Um, so to me, yeah, I think we're going to see his role expand through the regular season and in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you, Matt Ramage. We love having you here. Um Appreciate you. Yeah, I have a couple in mind. I'm trying to decide who I want to talk about. Give um, me one on offense, and then we can maybe switch to defense. Okay, perfect. Um, there's so many. I I kind of want to go with John Runyon Jr., and I know that sounds okay. like a weird thing, like step up, but the line's been really rough, um, and the shuffling around has been not- – I think it's 
exploited weaknesses, right. With a couple of other players and the only player that hasn't like given up a sack on Aaron Rodgers or given up any like significant pressure has been JRJ. And I just think that like when you're fighting for a spot and you play like the way he has, you get to keep that spot even when you're when your starters come back. And, you know, we just talked about the run game and like the interior offensive line is huge for the run game. And so when you're playing like he is, I think you impact the game highly. Well, and I think that's super interesting too, because we had speculated so much about what's gonna happen when Elton Jenkins has to slide in and David Bakhtiari fills in at left tackle. And now unfortunately we're not gonna know the answer to that. But you know, it's it's yeah. It's interesting because we watched so much of the preseason and we were at training camp and Royce Newman was like a shot in the dark at, you know, right guard. He all of a sudden was listed as the starter and we're like, wait, what? It was between Lucas Patrick and JRJ all season. So I would have been curious to see kind of what that initial interior of the offensive line looked like if you had a a healthy Elton Jenkins coming back to that. But um, who do you got on defense? Oh, there's so many guys. There I mean, are I think so the many. obvious one can be like Rashawn, right? He just like continues the path that he's going down. I kind of want to say Stokes though. And okay. I say that not again, I am thrilled to have Rasul Douglas. And I think that he has been absolutely an upgrade from Kevin King. There's no question about that, but he's not Jair. And like, you're seeing Stokes start to turn it on, but you're also seeing Stokes struggling because he's having to go up against number ones. And so when you get Jair back to take away some of that from Stokes, like I think he's going to end up being really, really impactful. Now, obviously he's going to have to start, you know, tracking the ball a little bit better, but you're also seeing him start to make like, or have the potential, I guess, to make big plays. Like you said, he almost had a pick six again against Stafford. I think he just saw the end zone before he had the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, but I just think Jair coming back with him, even if Ja plays like in the slot, like we want him to a little bit, it's just going to make, it's going to give Stokes even more opportunities. Yeah. So for mine, I think I'm going to pick TJ Slayton and maybe it is my bias for, <laughs> you know, the the big guy behind me, BJ Raji, but I think we're <laughs> predictable. <laughs> I am nothing if not predictable, Perry Goldstein. Um, but no, I mean, I you know, I think it was it was Ben Fennell on Twitter had posted that Kenny Clark and TJ Slayton were just destroying yeah. offensive lines together. And when I think about the Packers Super Bowl run, I think Spillet Pickett is one of the most vivid memories that I have. So what if in the NFC Championship game or Mark, she has a type, swear to God. Or in the Super Bowl, <laughs> if we see number 52, but this time it's Rashawn Geary yelling, spill it, Slayton, and then TJ Slayton like forces a fumble in a key moment. And I mean, I think we just talked about the defensive line and the contributions that we're seeing from a number of different guys. I think Dean Lowry falls in the same category, but kind of the push we're seeing where Kenny Clark doesn't have to be the only guy on that D-line, that's where I think they'll they'll make a huge impact on the stretch. Love it. Let's have it all happen. Um, Before we wrap things up, I just want to briefly mention that Cheesehead TV is um, starting to campaign for Feeding America in Eastern Wisconsin. Um, And it's an amazing organization, amazing cause. We actually learned recently, thank you, Tyler, for your very informative video, that one in eight people in Eastern Wisconsin experience hunger. Um, and even just a dollar to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin can provide four meals 
um, to any one neighbor in need. So there's two really easy ways to donate if you want to help everyone out. Um, you can donate online um, in the link provided in the description of this video. It's in it's in the video description on YouTube. Um, or simply text Cheesehead to 41444. Cheesehead's all one word. Um, there's campaign shirts, hoodies that you can buy. 100% of proceeds are going to go to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. So um, if you but do buy a shirt. That's 40 meals. Um, so you would be an amazing person and you'd get some merch, but just want to plug that as something uh, Cheesehead TV is doing um, right now for the holidays. Wow. Whirlwind episode went through so much. Did not talk about bears. So I guess we can't label this as a bears preview, but <laughs> we both picked the backers because we're not idiots and we're going to go through the rest of the picks now, starting with a what could be a very interesting Thursday night game where Big Ben yeah. and the Steelers go to Minnesota. See, so I I don't know. I feel like the Steelers are riding a high. They're still in contention in the AFC North, and I feel like the Vikings are floundering a little bit. Lost to you know the the Lions of all teams. I'm I think I'm gonna take the Steelers in this one. Ooh, I love this. Um <laughs> I'm not sure I can agree with you, although that would be amazing to watch and also would, I'm pretty sure, make sure the Packers clinch the NFC North if the Vikings lose on Thursday. Um, I am hard-pressed to see them not bouncing back from the Lions game, Uh, so I I think I have to take the Vikings. That's fair, and just so you know, you are two games up currently in the... uh... In the predictions, I keep closing the gap and then you, then you pull away again. So look at me go. Um, okay. Saints jets in New York. Ooh, a barn burner. I'm taking the saints. Yeah. I think I'm going to as well. Um, although it'd be really fun to watch the jets beat the saints, but the saints are kind of in wild card contention. So they're fighting for it. Um, NFC South matchup Falcons Panthers. I'm going to take the Falcons. I felt decent about them um, against the Bucks last week, and then that didn't you know, pan out very well. But I think if there's any team that's in wildcard contention in the NFC South, it is probably the Falcons and not the Panthers. I agree with you. I think um, – I just think Matt Ryan is, like, criminally underrated mm-hmm. as, a, as a quarterback. And I don't know what happened, but Cordell Patterson is now, like, a weapon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to take the Falcons as well. Next, we have another riveting game in Seahawks-Texans. That is one I will not be watching, but I'm going to take the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, I also am taking the Seahawks because I just – but I also won't be watching. All right. An actual meaningful football game in the early slate, AFC divisional matchup, Raiders-Chiefs in Arrowhead. Yeah, because it's an arrowhead, I feel like it's the Chiefs, and because the Chiefs are still kind of vying for a potential number one seed. But the Raiders are the Raiders are fluky, and they still could kind of like trip themselves into a wild card. Yeah, I like the Raiders a lot as a team this year, but I don't know. I feel like you just can't bet against someone at Arrowhead. It's kind of like anyone going up to Lambeau, right? Like it's it's really hard this time of year to think about going into that stadium and winning. Um, my sister was at her first Arrowhead experience uh, for the Broncos game, and she said it was the loudest place she's ever been, and that she thinks she <laughs> lost her hearing. So, um, and it you was, heard it here first. You heard it here first. It is loud. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs as well with you. All right, 
a bunch of really fun divisional games this weekend. Ravens Browns. <sighs> my heart says one thing and my brain says the other thing, but I'm picking the Browns in this, even with Baker Mayfield being injured, just because I think if the Browns drop this, they're officially uh, waving goodbye to their playoff chances. Whereas if they go like four out of five, even giving them the loss at Lambeau field, uh, they can still sneak into the playoffs at 10 and seven. So I'm going to take the Browns just because the Ra- the Ravens have been weird lately. They're just not looking like a world beater. I agree with you. When I found out that the Ravens were the number one seed in the AFC last weekend, I was shocked. Um, I just don't think that they're very good this year. Um, I actually have the Browns winning this one as well. I, I, okay. I agree with you. I think it's it's a necessary win. It's home in Cleveland. And the Ravens are fluky right now. I think if Baker can play a clean game, they can beat, the, they can beat them. It's a big if. Big ask. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, Cowboys, Washington. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. I don't think that Washington is in like any potential to kind of usurp the the Cowboys for the the NFC East, but I do think Washington's going to keep things close. But I think the Cowboys pull out a win, even though we said on this very episode that the Cowboys are kind of floundering and they haven't been that impressive the last month. But I do think I'm going to take the Washington football team. Okay, I'm do it. yeah, I'm going to do it because. I don't know. I just feel better about them as a team right now. Like they just, they have more grit. I think they just care more. Um, I know it's not like a very football-y analytic thing to say, but they're home. It's in DC, the worst field in the entire universe, FedEx field. Um, Yeah. I think they somehow eke out a win. Like even if it's just a a field goal. Jaguars, Titans. Titans. I mean, I don't think that they're uh, – I'm really curious to see this division come down to the Titans and Colts. I think it's going to be close, but I, it's, the, it's the Jaguars. So that means yeah. the Titans are going to win. Yeah, I got. I have the Titans as well. Giants, Chargers in L.A. I'm taking my Chargers. Both Chargers bolt up. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you're not going to care at all, but when the Chargers and the Packers are the in the Super Bowl, are you going to be okay? Big if. Um, no, obviously, <laughs> obviously rooting for the demise of the of the Chargers as a franchise, if that's the case. No, I love Justin Herbert, though, and Corey Lindsley, obviously, their Walter Payton Man of the Year rep. It is a very yeah. easy team to root for. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, Keenan Allen is amazing. Austin um, Eckler. Austin Eckler, right? They have Casey Hayward still. They got Asante Samuel Jr. Um, they have... Um, what's he was my draft crush, Derwin James, Kenneth Murray. Oh, you have Derwin James, who's phenomenal, but they, you know, they got Kenneth Murray. So, yeah, love that team. Okay, so are you taking the Chargers also? Oh, absolutely. After our love fest. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lions Broncos in Denver. I mean, as much as I love the Lions for their uh, sweet W against the uh, Vikings, I think it's the Broncos. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's a really, really hard stadium to play in as well. Um, out in uh, It is, and the Lions just aren't healthy. Yeah. All right, Niners-Bengals. This is the one you had circled. Uh, this is going to be really fun. I think that it is the Bengals because I think that they are kind of reeling from their loss to your beloved Chargers. But the AFC North is going to come down to the wire, and I'm all about it as somebody that has like a, like a pinky in the game, mm-hmm. you know? A pinky in the game. A pinky in the I mean, I can't root too hard because my heart yeah, belongs to someone Like, else. the Niners should not have dropped the game this past weekend. Mm-mm. 
And I feel like losing this one is a similar feel where it's like almost nail in the coffin um, for their playoff chances. But I don't know. The Bengals are just a better team. Yeah. And Joe, even though they lost against the Chargers pretty handedly, like Joe still played a really great game. With a bum, with a bum pinky. Right. So I, I'll take the Bengals. I will say if, if that pinky's actually a problem, then the 49ers probably win. But a healthy Joe Burrow, Bengals win. Yep, agreed. Okay, big one. We have two more big ones. Okay. Bills, Bucks. I know that the wind was going like 56 miles an hour on Monday Night Football, but I just I think the Bills are reeling. I think the Patriots are going to win the AFC East, and I think if anybody knows how to beat the Bills, it's Tom Brady. So I think it's the Buccaneers. Okay. I agree with you. I don't see a world where you can march into Tom Brady's home stadium and come out with a win. Like I just, I think magic would need to happen and the bills are not magic right now. Agreed. Absolutely. All right. Last one Monday night. Oh my God. I'm going to have to block my calendar off for this game. Rams so good. Cardinals. So good. I think it's the Cardinals. Um, but I cannot wait to watch this game because I think whenever two really good teams go head to head, you get like a really good glimpse at what, you know, the, those matchups might look like again. And I think we kind of do that whenever there's playoff teams at this point in the season, week one, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, but anytime there's two really good teams at this point in the season, you're expecting to see them again down the line. So this one's big for the Packers either way. I agree. Who won the first matchup? I think it was the Cardinals. And I think that's when we knew they were legit. Yeah, I think they, like, took it to them. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to check really quick. Yeah, 37-20. Woo! Um, look, for the Packers, obviously, we want the Rams to win. In reality, I don't think this Rams team is as good as people thought that they were. And I think that the Cardinals are the better team, and the better team is going to win out. Um, so are you saying and- that OBJ didn't fix their whole team, Perry? No, OBJ did not make that Stafford <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Um, right, just, checking. just curious. Yeah, yeah. Von Miller. I actually thought Von Miller was a good signing. But, I did too. Yeah, I did too. Um, I, I look. The Rams are a great football team. They're just not the best football team in the NFC, and the Cardinals are a better team. But again, if they lose to the Rams, then great for the and dope. Yeah, love that great. for them. So, yeah, so we're both taking the Cardinals? Yes. All right. Those are our picks. Really looking forward to Bears game, Sunday Night Football, Packers in primetime. We love it. Thank you all for joining us so very much. We appreciate you as always. Go Pack Go. And Joe!